When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redman. Good morning, Patrick. And up first this morning, a word that I like to use use towards you sometimes <laughs> has been used during the week. It has been. And I actually love this. Now, unfortunately, we can't actually say this, uh, this on air. No, we can't. But uh, Nick Minogue, a New Zealand surfer was surfing at, uh, how do you pronounce this? Is this uh Panui. Panui. It's not. Pa- well, let's go. I didn't write it down. I just pa- sort of. Panau Beach. Panau Beach. Surfing there and was attacked by a, uh, a three metre long great white shark and he told the shark to off. So I've, uh, I've bleeped myself out there. But it sort of begs the question, uh, when was the last time that you were attacked by something or were telling an animal to go jump and you swore at it and then realised, actually doesn't make any difference whether I swear at this thing or not. It doesn't exactly understand English. Oh, it's probably happened on the way here this morning. I've probably done it, but I've never been smart enough to realise it never understood me, though. <laughs> so, I was cleaning whiting during the week and I had mozzies on my legs and I was nearly stabbing myself in the leg, <laughs> swearing at them too. So, I don't know. I think it happens on a daily basis. It's Seals just, eating my snapper. Oh, it's exactly right. Seals chasing you when you're tuna fishing. Boats chasing me when they're... Tuna fishing, at least, sometimes they're animals. <laughs> at least they, they understand it, though. Um, let's get into the fishing. It's always a big week in fishing for you, but you've had a, an extra special week. It's been tough for some, but for you this week, it's been whiting and tuna, and the whiting almost almost the same size as the tuna. Some cracking yeah, fish this week. Some seriously big whiting around, which is really, really good to see. And I nearly say it every second week when we talk about this, but getting your tides right, understanding where you're going to fish is so crucial. And... We did that this week. We had the uh, well, the moon, I think it was the new moon last week that finished up on the Sunday and straight away the tides kicked back into gear and we got some really, really nice fish. Just fishing your stronger tidal influence, uh, the influence from the stronger tide, pushing into the deeper water, shallow water, whatever it was, we got fish most days. It did blow up a bit on Wednesday. It was pretty nasty uh, in the ocean on Wednesday. but Yeah, that was my day off. Actually, message. I message. <laughs> you actually me- messages the night before. I'm like, oh, I'm keen to go for a fish in the morning. Keen for a fish in the morning. Have you checked the forecast? I didn't even say that. I just sent you a screenshot of the wind back. <laughs> Thirty knots. You on. said, I'll wake up and look at it. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I woke up and looked at it. It was windy. Yeah, it was windy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and uh, so, just want to talk. I know we we have spoke probably nearly on the too much side of things of tuna in the last few weeks. But the reason oh, it's we just have, going nuts. yeah, that's right, and. I don't think anyone's sick of it. Do you know why I say that? Is because last weekend, and as we finish up here today on a 
on today on leading into tomorrow on Sunday, I reckon it's not going to be as it's going to be as bad as what it was last week with the boat traffic on the water. Yep. I'm talking Queenscliff boat ramp, Pat, are uh, right up to the RSL last week, and possibly as we as we are speaking now, it is the same. I haven't checked my phone for the messages, but it was the hour and a half, two and a half hour waits at times to get the boat in the water to chase these fish. So I think we've got all the right to speak about them because every second person's chasing them. But the problem is, is when these boats are out there, you're not going to catch fish. It's simple. You might be the lucky guy who has a really good day. Yep. You might be that guy. But um, to be that guy, you've got to be pretty lucky. So there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be catching these fish. And you've had a few people quite frustrated. Obviously, with Salt Guy, the business... Uh, it's all about giving the information to be able to give yourself yeah. the best chance for catching fish. But when you, it comes to chasing pelagic fish, it's we're not talking tides and dirty water when it comes to whiting fishing, or you know looking for your eggs when it comes to calamari, or the snapper spots, the change of tides, the baits to use. Same with gummy sharks. When you're fishing for pelagic fish, it's a different ball game, isn't it? It is. It doesn't matter whether it's marlin, yellowfin tuna, this these tuna, barrel tuna, whatever. It, they're not going to be sitting on the same rock they're not a crayfish they're not going to be sitting under a ledge they're not going to be sitting in the like in a certain part of the tide where the whiting are going to be they're traveling the ocean they need to eat a third of their body weight a day which is a lot of food and they're moving the whole time so i won't i won't i won't soften this any anymore but i have been so peed off this last couple of weeks of the messages that i'm getting it's like i've never been this frustrated in in the world people going we're going to your marks and we're not seeing this, we're not seeing that. But this is because people are so excited to try and catch these fish. Oh, it is. And yep. they only get you know, you only get so many opportunities when they are this close to home. That's where I think that pent up frustration comes from. Yeah, and, and it gets pushed back on to me. But <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> well, that's what you're yeah, for. But it, it basically what I'm trying to say is people are doing one message that's really getting to me is people message me saying, we travelled 100 plus kilometres on the weekend, we didn't, over the weekend, and we didn't see a fish. I don't believe that you what you've said is true, because if I travelled 150 kilometres and didn't see 50 million bluefin, I would be in shock. And I, what, I don't think people are respecting the fish enough. I think they're thinking that they're too easy to catch. Yep. Which, which may have been the case a month ago, <laughs> yep. but it's certainly not the case it's now. It's not the same, and... Honestly, the people are just going out there and I don't know what they're doing. And I'll say to them, straight up, did you see the mutton birds sitting on the water? Yes, heaps of them. Well, there's your answer because they're every... And I'm not... No word of a lie, 90% of the mutton birds that I've seen out there under the water, even probably closer to 100%, have had tuna under them every single time. Every day, it hasn't changed. I've filmed all of this on Salt Guide and I'm getting members say it too, hence the video I did in a bit of frustration during the week. But I got a very good response out of it, and I'm hoping people will catch fish off this on the weekend. Is they're not just going to jump in the air and go, "Oh, hold on, I'm wearing this pink tutu for you to come watch me do a dance." They're yep. they're swimming around underneath the water, and you're just sitting on your seat, just trawling around the mutton bird straight in the middle. Of course, you're not going to see them because they're pushing down. You might mark up a couple of fish. If you stay off those birds and work the edges of them, you're going to see them jumping out of the water. I believe people are seeing them, but even when it comes to trawling in itself. That's not how you're catching. Them. Oh no! And this has been the biggest. And I'm I'm going to pump up my tyres here just because I can right now. But something, during the week, something, something, <laughs> during the week, something unusual. This week, the <laughs> charter boats, and I'm not picking on the charters and whatnot. I was very prepared for these fish because I, the reason for this is this is how I've been fishing them the whole time, different yep. to everyone else. And we've spoke about it for the last month, Pat. I have not been trawling for these fish at all. Yep. No trawling. 
Even the day that you come out was casting every day. It was a few weeks back. It casting. is super hard though when it comes for the to the charters because they can have ten people in yeah, a boat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you're not going to all be able to cast in that way. Yeah, and but my argument to that is though, uh, you control all day and catch nothing for your punters for your ten hours. Yeah. Or you could go, all right, here's three rods. You guys cast. You get 10 casts each. Yep. Then go another three. Then all of a sudden, within half an hour, they've all had 25 casts. You might have got two or three fish yep. or four fish. It's better than none at the end of the day. That's And these and honestly, the charters really, really struggled this week because their best method is trolling. I was I, During the week, I think we went out oh, a couple of times. It was a week ago now, but headed out in the morning, mid-morning. What I say mid-morning, I went on the whiting first, yep. got my bag of whiting, launched at 7.30, 8 o'clock, got our bag of whiting once the tide starts, a couple of hours, say, and by 10 o'clock I'm on the tuna, and I'm back at the ramp at 12.30. Which is just it, And that it's, was happening each day. It's spectacular. And, yeah. and I've got people draw, trawling around me, and I was getting really, a couple of people, not charters, a couple of people just trawling around me could come up and troll, I'm casting these fish, and I'm just pointing, like, trying to help them, pointing around, like, telling them what to do, talking to them, and they just go straight through the middle of the tuna. And, I'm, and I just... I'd literally, as soon as I did it, pack up my rod, like pull the say, boys, and I'd drive another two k's the complete opposite way of the boats and start looking again. And I'd find another patch of tuna. That's yep. how many are there. So soft plastics, bungee casts, light leader, not your 130 pound that some people are recommending. And we were talking pound leader. And we were talking about this with the soft plastics um, a few weeks back. We're talking seven inch soft plastics. You can even go down to five. And 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 lighter leader so it does look natural through the water because if as you said if you've got a hundred pound of drag but pulling a lure of leader before it it's just not going to look the same no it's not you and you spot on and i heard some things during the week it might be in my gaff a bit later but uh people recommending we were trawling with a like and these are people that are meant to be know what they're talking about 130 pound we were trawling with start of the season got a few fish yeah well that's when they were eating and then they said during That's the when show, I could have caught fish by myself. <laughs> well, they said they said during the week, drop down to eighty now when you're casting. I haven't even used eighty once. Yeah, I've been using forty pound leader. I, I, I was using sixty the last couple of weeks. Forty pound leader. Yep. I haven't been bitten off once. You got to think. You got to stick bait. And as long as with, you don't smack it with a drag, like they're not going to reach it. I'm having, and I'm using twenty five pound braid, so I'm not using ten kilos of drag on them like you are yep. on a Tiagra fifty, where just it's ultimate tension. Yeah. Uh, but you, you picture a stick bait, and we're using the bungee cast, and they're 100 mil long, so 10 centimetres long. And if you get them with the hook, you got to think, you've still got an inch and a half, probably, in front of them of the, the stick bait itself before the leader, unless they really swallow it. But you, I, haven't, I haven't been chewed off once, not once. I've lost, I've pulled hooks on a couple, don't get me wrong, but we haven't been bitten off. So fishing light and smart is seeing the difference and the reward, and... People say, oh, you're a genius, you're a genius. No, I'm not. It's just, it's not, it's nothing to do with being a genius. It's just fishing to the conditions you have. Yep. The calmer it is, the lighter you go. The rougher it is, the more they're going to feed, the more aggressive they are. They're not as finesse on top of the water. So fishing smart, but look, yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of fish out there. Don't expect to catch fish on a weekend. And I know that's easy for me to say who's fortunate enough to not fish on a weekend, yep. to knock out during the week. But if you do fish on the weekend, move away from the boats. Spend the extra, <laughs> and I'll promise to God, there is so many fish out there, and they're not just out the front of Barwon Heads. They're not just there. They are drive down, spend the extra thirty minutes driving, yep. and be that only person. Come out the front of your joint and go down areas down there somewhere. So plenty of fish, fish smart, and you'll catch heap more fish, Pat.
Redmond, uh, those in the market at the moment for a new dual cab, and obviously dual cabs are incredibly popular when it comes to tow vehicles. Um, most now, most of the really good ones are sort of rated at that sort of 3.5 tonne towing mark. Um, it's going to be a fascinating next 12 months, I think, for for all dual, dual cab utes and those in the market for new dual cabs because what we'll see over the next 12 months, uh, new Ford Ranger, coming out, so we're going to see the run-out stock. So there will be some really good deals for for uh, new and, and demo Ford Ranges. Uh, a new Amarok coming out. Obviously, you you drive your Amarok. I think there's um, yeah, you've given away tow bars. There are. There's uh, down at Brighton Volkswagen, where I picked up the, the my ute from. It's a ripping joint down there, and they're giving away a free tow bar when you mention Soul Guide or Real Adventures as well. So if you drop in there, oh boy. They're about, I think it's about $1,200. Uh, retail that. So save a bit of money down there and get yourself a new tow bar and a new truck if you're in the market for a new ute right now. So new BT50. Um, and a lot of these companies, so, say for example Ford and Amarok, they, they've actually researched together. So because of the costs involved in obviously R&D when it comes to building new vehicles, they've designed their platforms, not hand in hand, but they've developed it in conjunction with Ford. So you dare say that both these vehicles are well, going to be and the, not similar, but they're going to be really good. And right now, at the minute, the Amarok is leading the, the charge as well. So linking in together, it's going to be pretty pretty strong ute. Yeah, and I think what we'll see with the American market and converted cars, obviously the Dodge Ram, what we've seen over the last 12 months, it's been incredible. They've had an increase of 300% in, in 2019. So people have seen the Rams as a really good option especially for their cost, at around that hundred grand mark, um, can tell can tow far more than that three point well, five five tons. That's the thing. What you the, the amount of the, the size of trailer boats these days pushing up to what some of those big formulas four, tons. four plus ton. Yep. And so yeah, you you need you need a truck basically to tow them. So And that's why the, the Dodge has been so popular because it's it's got the five point seven litre V eight and can tow considerably more. Nissan bringing in the Nissan Titan and Ford are introducing and considering, from all reports, um, an F1, uh, their new F-150 and developing that for the Australian market. So it's going to be a pretty exciting sort of 12 months in the Australian market when it comes to dual cab utes and greater towability. So it's not just your, you know, your 200 series Land Cruisers that are going to cost you, you know, 120 plus, even though the, obviously, clearly the, the Ford 150s and the the Ram 1500s are, are expensive, but more options, I think, will create you know better competition for those looking to buy a ute. So maybe just hold fire, depending on sort of what you're looking for. Uh, Redmond, the next couple of weeks, Go Fish Nagambi. Yeah, the Go Fish Nagambi. They, uh, they had their open day uh, during the week, so that was on the Tuesday, and this was running from the 2nd to the 5th of April, and we, are, we, we won't harp on too much today about it, because we're going to have a guest in the next couple of weeks to take us through the insides of it. But, but if you're planning your sort of holiday stretch yep. in the next few weeks, Go Fish Nagami is certainly one to look at. It is, and it's a massive competition. Um, there's over 700 prizes involved in this competition that you can win, uh, and I won't... The first one's a pretty good prize, Patrick. It's $80,000 for the biggest Murray Cod, so that's a huge prize, and that goes to the first. But after that, the second prize, uh, second prize for the biggest Murray Cod is 12000 then four and a half. Uh, for the fifth, and it just goes down. But good things as well is it goes right through to Golden Perch as well. The largest overall Golden Perch for the tournament, you win 10000 There's also a prize for second. There's also a prize for the biggest carp as well. I think it might be a 1000 bucks as well. So there's plenty of prizes uh, for in this competition. 
and a lot of people will do it. And I know people will start to research fish it, so they'll start heading out there and doing their research, linking up, finding some really good stumps with bigger fish on it. So if you are planning a trip away, it's definitely something to look at because it, it's a it's a huge competition. It's a beautiful place in the Gambia. I don't know if you've been up that way, Pat, but it's a really nice play, place. So lock it in from the 2nd to the 5th of April. Unfortunately, I can't be there because I've got a... I got Bubba. You I got, do. We were going to go. You and I were both going to go, but I've stuffed this one up, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you do have you, Bub. We're going to uh, speak about Nagambi a little later on our dream boating destinations for today, but we need to get to a break, Redmond. This is Real Adventures. Plenty more to come after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Social Club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, send it through on our social media pages to our Facebook and Instagram pages at Real Adventures. The first question, Redmond from Real Tees. How do you rate the 5,000 Stratix on the Bluefin? What are the specs on the rods you use with them? Uh, Because some people are using some... Really large gear at the moment <laughs> for these bluefin tune. I've seen Chagra 50 wise. I think they're smart because it's taken us 40 minutes to get fishing and I'm sweating by the end of it. <laughs> no, uh, the 5,000s have this, been... They're so much more fun. Sorry oh. to butt in, but they, they are a lot more fun on lighter gear, these tune. For us, and what you just said, lighter gear is your key word. So basically with the 5,000, you're using 25 to 30 pound braid. That's what... They're my snapper reels, basically. Yep. Uh, the reason we're using that is to get the bite. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're getting the bite on the light gear. Because you're casting yep. with lighter gear, 25 All your so-called line. pros with their stick baits and their those things that go around your head and their bass boats going out there using 15,000 stellars with 80-pound braid and 100-pound leaders. They're just not getting the bites that we're getting. Uh, I'm rocking up with my Samurai Elevate with... Uh, well, I used a reaction that I stepped up a bit with the Samurai Reaction with a 5,000 Stratic on it, matched together, 30-pound braid, 40-pound leader. But bite, it's been crazy. But simple middle-of-the-range gear. You're not spending yeah. too much. I've got no money to spend got. too much. I can't buy Stellas. <laughs> you've, nah. you've spent it all on kids. Spend, yeah, I've got a kid coming out. It's all gone. But no, it's it's not too expensive. What are they, Pat? About 350 to 400 300 bucks. yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they're not a bad reel for... Not a note. They're a fantastic reel, actually, for the tuna. I blew one up. And that was on that barrel that went for three and a half hours of just constant drain. It, but yep. that's not, it's not made to do that. Yep. We're landing these 25 kilo fish in 20 minutes at times and they're handling, handling no worries. You just got to fish them a bit because you're using lighter rods. You got to be a bit smarter with the way you're using your hand on the spool just to get your support, uh, the extra weight through your lift rather yep. than just having the fish dogging down on the drag itself, hurting the, hurting Hurting, look, hurting you, I guess you could say, not hurting the fish because that'll just be replenishing itself. But it's hurting you. So using your hand on the on the spool rather than tightening the drag. Yep. I don't tighten the drag. I have my drag set most of the time, and I use my hand on the spool when need be. Just a very light touch to a firm touch. If I want to slow it down, it's just gently on there. If I want to really drag that fish up, I pretty much lock drag it if it's got come in my way and work it towards myself. So they've been they've been fine. We've caught. Oh, no word of a lie. We've got well over 100 tuna out here now, and they've all been on, pretty much all been on the 5,000 Stratic, so, and also matched with the Elevates as well. The Samurai rods, you can't really go past. They're a really good range of rods. Any specific length in those to help you with your yeah, casting? Yeah, good good point. The, we're running the seven-foot the seven ones, uh, mostly seven-foot rods, seven-foot plus, just like you said, for the cast. I, I have got casting rods there. I've got the extractors. I've got some of the best casting rods you could possibly have, but it comes back down to the lightness I don't own any really light casting gear yep. I just have never owned it and for me 
getting two two goes out of so two purposes out of one rod. So it's I'm important. catching snapper yep. on it as well with a nice light tip. But I can flick those little bungee casts like 200 metres sometimes with the wind. So you can really yep. whip them with these rods and get a really nice cast. They're not specifically made for casting, but they do the exact same job. And you're not going to... Like, casting rod is great, but how many times are you going to go casting for tuna out bowling heads? It might never happen again. It might happen every year. If it does happen every year, you might go buy a grappler what you've got yep. or something that spends $600 on a rod. So you might do that. But in the end, these elevates are about 300 bucks. The reaction's a little bit more. They work really well, and you're going to get your snapper caught on them, and also these nice fish matched with a 5,000 Stratic. Just a backhanded whack there. Uh, <laughs> Shane, how long before these frustrating pinkies become decent-sized, catchable snapper in the bay? What? Undersized. They're not, they're not annoying. <laughs> not at all. Oh, those ones. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. How many messages will we get oh, on our Real Adventures Facebook and Instagram page? These pinkies, they've... Made the whiting season this season the hardest I've ever had. I think the whiting are there in big numbers, yep. but the snapper in even bigger numbers. And fisheries said within the next three to five years we're going to have. What we, we reported had. on this last well, season. We, yeah, we did. Fisheries saying twenty twenty three is going to be one of Huge. the all time great snapper fisheries. It's going to be what it was. I think yep. five years ago we had yep. every person was an expert on snapper five years ago, but we're going to have one of those years or some a few of those years to come yep. with. This, the amount of pinkies that are in the bay, like you said, they're only they're only small at the moment, but give them a little bit and they'll be bigger again and hopefully they stay in the bay or come back to the bay and we're going to have a really, really good snapper fishery. Uh, Jody Redmond. Jody has asked, uh, a couple of weeks ago you mentioned the atomic arrows for whiting. Just wondering which you recommend, the 2 to 6 pound, 3 to 10 or the 6 to 12. Yeah, the good thing with the atomic arrows is they're not a very pricey rod. So I reckon you can get them for about 120 bucks, yep. which is quite cheap cheap for a really good rod. Uh, I run these rods. Uh, I've got a few of them. I know uh, Robbie was running it during the week and the whiting. He was using the 2 to 6 pound on the Queenscliff whiting. The reason he went the 2 to 6 is he does a lot of that St. Leonard's area and gets away with the lighter sinkers. Personally, I'd probably go the one up. Go to the 3 to... I think it's 3 to 10. I think there is a 3 to 8 as well. You can go to 3 to 10. And that way you cover your butt with basically fishing if you are in tidal areas or even when you've got to bring a, brig, uh, sorry, bring a big flathead up that you get as a bycatch, a 50 or 60 centimetre blue spot flathead, when you lift it up because you want to quite quickly get it out of the water so it doesn't throw the hook when they throw their head out. Yep. And uh, you want to get that into the boat as quick as you can and you don't want anyone to be lifting with a two-pound rod when the, the, the flattered itself, some of those really big flattered are well over a kilo. So I'd go up one more. I'd go to that three to 10, match it with a two and a half thousand Stratic. We just spoke about them. Match it with a two and a half thousand Stratic or even a 3,000 if you really wanted to and just that 10 to 14 pound braid and you'll have no worries catching whiting with those rods there. Well worth the dollar if you are going to buy them. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page. That wraps the Social Club. And now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine, insure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. We spoke about it off the top of the show, our dream boating destination. 
is Nagambi. Coming up in a few weeks' time is Go Fish Nagambi from the 2nd to the 5th of April. Uh, Redmond, it's a wonderful spot that you've spent plenty of time at. Yeah, I have been there a few times in Nagambi. I haven't, unfortunately, not to fish because it is a great fishery, but basically Nagambi, it's roughly an hour and 30 to two hours from Melbourne, depends who's driving, but basically it's not too far to travel to get some really good uh, Murray Cod fishing or any sort of freshwater fishing. You've also got the brewery and the distillery, uh, which is there, which don't get Is that the wrong. reason that you uh, actually went up to the Gambi? It wasn't, but when I found out it was there, I was very happy. So it's a it's a really awesome place. You get some really nice food there too, good pizzas there, Pat. Uh, and Lake Nagambi itself is situated in, in Nagambi, yep. believe it or not, Pat. But 170 hectares, a man-made lake. It's a huge waterway. Yep, yep. and it backs onto the Goulburn River, which is a uh, well, well-known river. It travels right through Victoria. Uh, you can also catch not just Murray Cod in there. You've got Golden Perch, which is your yellow bellies. You've got Murray Cod, as I said, Redfin, Rainbow Trout, Brown Trout, Carp. But one thing that I really think is cool there, which I actually was going to do it, but the brewery got to me. I didn't get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> the old, uh, the old uh, freshwater craze. Yes. Plenty of them. Obviously, check your rules and regs when you can, when you can't, and how to do it. But you get some really, really good uh, freshwater craze in there and... Oh, I was so spewing that I didn't wake up that morning because the boys went without me and had a blinder. So it was, uh, it's a really good place. It's safe as well. So you've got, like you said, the lake is well protected. You can take the kayaks out there. They've got a good boat ramp. It's not a huge boat ramp, but they've got a good boat ramp. And like kayaks with the kids, you can take out fishing. And especially while this comp's on, be prepared. There's going to be a lot of people down there. Book your accommodation fast because there's not a huge amount. Of, there, there is enough accommodation. You've got, obviously, your Airbnbs, but you've got the Nagambi Caravan Park, which is your stock standard. And then you've also got your waterfront motel as well. So there's a few options to give a call if you are going to stay down in Nagambi and catch a few fish. Nagambi, our dream boating destination. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis. And now you can win the dream with Club Marine. Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a Northbank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 slash 33208. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard. Thanks to the Dometic CIB 26 Cooler Bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. Now, Redmond, uh, our planned interview this morning hasn't exactly gone as planned because our special guest has failed to answer the phone Nevertheless, we must move on. So what we've done, we've got our uh, our wonderful producer, Brooksy, to rustle up an old interview of ours. It's one of our favourites here on Real Adventures. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Our special guest this morning is Coleman medalist, All-Australian and all-around good guy, the outdoor athlete, Jeremy Cameron. Good morning, Jez. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, we've been trying to get him on for the past couple of weeks. A bit hard with uh, footy, Patrick, with your schedule and his. No, it's actually a bit hard because Jezza actually doesn't <laughs> spend a huge amount of time playing footy. He spends more time on the boat than what you do. I actually, I actually hit him up about that uh, a little while ago, didn't I? Jez asked, "How do you have actually as much time as you do to fish?" So, how do you, Jez? Yeah, yeah well, um, I obviously tied in my footy schedule but um, as soon as I'm out in club doors I'm straight onto the boat and normally there's um, five or six guys 
willing to come along as well. Um, and it's, and it's the line, the list um, is getting longer and longer. So is it, I've even got coaches wanting to come out now. So, um, yeah, basically love getting out there. And it's so easy. The boat ramps right next to my house, which makes it, um, you know, very, very easy. And there is a little bit of a bone of contention around your boat and where it's stored, Jezza, and the hugs and stored, kisses, um, the fact that it is in the driveway yeah. and sort of you chose the house because of the driveway and where you could store a boat rather than... <laughs> rather yeah, than she, um, she definitely wanted to um, move over east and closer to the beach, um, but I had to, you know, I, I knew the boat was coming well before she did, so, um, <laughs> you know, I had, to, I had to pick a nice big wide driveway and, um, you know, so I could store it there and not have to keep it on the water, so finally got it passed, which is good. That's a man with his priorities in the right order, Redmond. I, I like it. I don't think there's anything better. Now, let's talk the boat, Jezza. Um, the yellow fin, you've had it for a while now. Um, can you give us a bit of a review on it, what you've liked about it? Uh, it's obviously got the big yammy on the back um, and things that you'd change in it, or you're pretty content with what you've got? Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty, pretty happy with um, you know what I've got. Um, but, yeah, obviously the, the yammy 225 on the back and, I love that. I sort of my last boat had a yummy on it as well, and I, I wanted to stick with them. And um, the boat, you know, there's lots of storage on the boat. It's quite quite big. I wasn't my old man um, had a six point five meter, and um, I just went up to the seven and for a bit more space. And I, you know, like have it like taking the boys out and, and mucking around. So um, yeah, it fits you know three, four comfortably, um, and we sort of switch off buckets and stuff off it all the time. So plenty of casting room and um, storage, like I said. So very happy with it and um, haven't been offshore a lot in it, so can't really comment too much on that just yet. Um, you obviously, like you said, the plastics is a, a big part of your game with uh, with fishing. Um, Sydney Harbour, it's one of a kind, isn't it? I'm tipping you do most of your fishing through that area. You catch everything. Yeah, if I've, if I've only got a couple of hours, I always just fix the Sydney Harbour and, and um, inside the... Um, harbour and up the Parramatta River, which is uh, basically well, you know, where my house is, and it's very easy. And um, yeah, we just take out heaps of soft plastics and um, soft vibes and that sort of thing, and and catch a lot of bream right up to Mulloway, and um, even right through winter we get a lot of kingfish way up the river, which is um, always exciting. Uh, Jez, now the Yamaha two two five on the two two five. You said was it the two two five Yamaha yeah, on the back? It, yep. You racking up a few hours on it now. Would you, using your fuel consumption around the harbour, you're obviously not going to sit at sitting at massive revs. What's it like on on the fuel? Because it is a big engine for for an aluminium boat. Like that's a quite a big engine. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's the biggest Twintrex make um, will will um, yeah put on the back of their boat, so the seven meter. Um, but yeah, I um, you know in the harbour it's, it's very uh, fuel efficient. Obviously, I'm not flying around unless I say a few bust ups or something. <laughs> but um yeah, it's um it's quite good. I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully taking it up north and doing some trips around Fraser Island so I'll I'll probably get a bit more of an idea then. But almost up to three hours now on the motor. Uh, how much, hours, uh, three three really say three hours, well, that would have been done yesterday. <laughs> um tran- yeah, transducer um transducer wise, uh oh, electronics I should say. Uh, what are you running in it? Yeah, I've got the sim lab. Yeah, I sort of was umming and ahhing um, with what I was going to get there, and um, I ended up on the sim lab. And um, you know, I sort of at the start it was you know it was a bit 
bit complicated, but with all these things, once you get to know your sounder, um, it helps so much. And, um, you know, having side scan and, and stuff like that in the rivers, yeah, you, you have your fishing spots. Um, but some days, I mean, you know, if it's, if it's not really working in your normal spots, you sort of go for a bit of a look and you find your fishing spots, which is always fun. But, yeah, I've um, run the same road in my, um, in my boat. We're talking with Coleman Medal winner and GWS forward, Jeremy Cameron. Jez, one of the unique uh, features of the Yellowfin is obviously its storage uh, for tackle at the, the, the stern of the boat. It's the biggest storage um, locker by a um, country mile compared to any other of its competitors. How have you found it? Does it get in the way of fishing? Because for storage, nothing beats it. Yeah, yeah. Nah, to be honest, when I was ordering the boat, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to add it. Um, but I ended up yeah, adding it in, and I um, yeah, I'm glad I did because you know you can fit so much in the in the storage board, um, and it's and it's well out of the way, um, and, and and a lot of the stuff that you don't need to sort of bring inside. I park my boat in the driveway, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. I can just lock it up, and, and it's all there ready to go for tomorrow. So um, yeah, I couldn't, I'd never get another boat without it. Now you have started up a uh, an Instagram account, the Outdoor Athlete, and you went fishing with ET earlier in the year. It's something that you'd like to do post footy, getting into the the fishing media scene. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that you know I would, I would like to do. You know, I sort of sit down ever since I got to the Giants with my manager and that sort of thing. And just he always asked what I want to do after footy, and I always had no idea. I just like being outdoors, and so it was only sort of. Six months ago, where I decided that I would, you know, make a separate account completely away from my footy one and, and personal life, and sort of um, just have it as an outdoor life. Like this is this is what I do when I'm outdoors, and um, yeah, it's sort of it, it's good. I, I like um, that sort of thing, and uh, really enjoyed when it's getting out with ED, ET on the on the Great Barrier Reef and chasing, you know, bigger GTs and, and Spanish mackerel and that sort of thing. So you never really know, but. Um, yeah, I, I just thought I'd start it and see where it takes me. Uh, Jez, we appreciate your time for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Thanks, Jez. Up. No worries, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. Cheers. It's time for Red's Review. Redmond, we often fish off the beach with decent-sized boats. My Stabycraft is four and a half metres long. Probably all up with all gear. My, launch my 42-stabber. <laughs> <laughs> Probably all up with all gear. It's around that sort of ton mark. Uh, what we're reviewing today is the Atlantic 2000... Um, cadet budget trailer winch and we're going to give a few other different models as well besides the Atlantic but the Atlantic was one that we'd sort of looked at um, that we'd seen through bargain boat bits and thought geez that's you love actually... your bargain boats bits well that's one of the one few of online catalogues that I'm subscribed to and you look at it and you go oh that's a good buy or whatever it might be now this is 149 bucks at the moment it's on sale um, and it's a portable 12 volt electric trailer winch it's yep. really easy to use and it suits boats up to five and a half meters um the reason i really like this one of the real challenges that um that dad has sometimes when he fishes by himself off the beach is just winching the boat up by himself yeah. 60 years of age now um and it can be pretty tough so why i like this is 62 for, actually 62 so so why i like this for for a couple of hundred bucks so say it costs you another you know 50 to wire up and everything um and to um, screw on, you've got a really easy way of lifting and launching your boat without destroying your back every time you go to retrieve it. Because when we bring the boat in, we dry drag it up with a snatch from strap yep. first, and then we slowly back the, the boat and the trailer 
uh, sorry, the, the, car, the car and the trailer, the trailer onto yeah. the boat, and then we winched up, you know, the but final like said, sort of meter of the, the boat. It's a bit hard to do that when it's just your dad, though. He can't just drive the car and winch at the same time. So this here is going to save a lot of work and a lot of strain on your arm because it's not, they don't take that much room on the front of your trailer either. They're only small and they're exactly remote right. controlled. So you can stand away from it. You don't have the risk of the snatch strap and hitting you either because you know when you stand there winching. Yep. I know you use good stuff. You use, you've got some sort of material that attaches to your winch. Which yeah, it's like a nylon. Yeah, where you can still break and you can flick at you where you can stand away from it and you can press the button. So there's another purpose to have this on your boat too. So for what was it, like a couple hundred bucks in total. They're 150 on sale now and if you've got someone to... To help you screw it on a wire on, it might be a couple hundred bucks, but yep. for one forty nine, and you can exact, and exact you can price. get go bigger too as well in this uh, in this market. You can go right up to I think it's about a thousand dollar one, or not even. Yeah, there's a few other brands. Power Winch is one that that have them, and they suit boats to sort of seven to nine meters. Now you're obviously not going to launch a boat like that off the beach, but if you wanted that peace of mind of you know the the braking strain and just having less stress on the like the actual electric motor itself um, you know the specs more than me but I think the in terms of what they can pull up it's sort it's of about it's about 4,500 kilos so yeah, it's a so lot of a, weight it's a few tons that's, that's so. not that's a that's a Edencraft 233 plus which, you, which <laughs> you're obviously not going to launch off the beach but um, for those interested in launching off the beach they want to take the stress out of not only their back but also just winching it up how and much are they? they're about 800 bucks the powertrains yep. um, but whether it be um, powertrain, whether it be the Atlantic, um, it's a it's a good option if you actually are going to launch off the beach. And that is Red Review for this week. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. It's time for Red's tip for new age caravans designed for the road ahead. Redman, this week we're talking around travelling with rods. You did it during the week. You fish for tuna as well as whiting. Storing your rods while fishing at the same time can be difficult when you're dealing with different sizes. Sometimes you learn the hard way. <laughs> this has actually happened to me before. This has happened to me numerous times. So what I'm the tip this week from me, you're going to do a little tip at the end here or a bit of help, but from me, don't leave your whiting rods in your rocket launchers above your your canopy or your hard top when travelling because <laughs> or can I just say or on your uh, bait, bait board, board yes. at the back which I've just you know ooh, there goes a there goes five hundred dollars <laughs> worth of uh, might as well throw five hundred dollars <laughs> in the water oh wait let's add another fifty with a braid but basically what I'm trying to say is a lot of people are going out chasing these tuna and doing what I've been doing which is coming back in and having a great time in the whiting but when you're travelling out there and going through the Port Phillip Bay heads. Whiting rods these days have got a bit like my butt. They're only little. They're not very big. They're only <laughs> they're only small. So they don't sit in the rod holders amazingly, and there's not a lot of weight in them. Yeah. So yep. when you're traveling out to the tuna grounds or whatnot, put them in your combing racks in your boat, but put them inside your hull because there's no point in leaving them up the top. When you're fishing, it's fine. Trawling around or moving around, it's not going to... But when you're traveling distances, make sure you get them out of there because you'll look up and you'll go to catch your whiting and it just will be no rod to do that. So be mindful of where you do place your rods and there's some awesome products. I think Railblazer has some good stuff, Patrick, to help you out. Yeah, the one that I look at, it's a New Zealand-based uh, brand, Railblazer, and they've just released uh, these... You spoke about putting them in your combing racks. Well, they've just released these new racks that you can either um, put on top of your hard top, you can attach them to your cars, you can put them inside your combing racks, you can glue them in or screw them in, um, and they're really, really simple but um, well-built 
rod storage item. Yep. You get them from from most good marine dealerships now. You can get them online, uh, railblazer.com. You can nearly um, use them at home for your shed, Pat. Absolutely, you can use them at home in your shed. And they've got so many different options. Like, this is what they do. Their company is designing uh, rod storage systems for, for not only boats, but kayaks as well. Um, and all their – they use starports for a lot of the – the storage you've always thought about those you do like them which which means they're actually universal so you can have a starport where you, you store a, a rod holder but also where you store a um it might be a mount for a, a fish finder or a GoPro so um Railblazer they're a really good company and and I have no you have no association with them but they're just a really good brand and, and kayaks fishing there that'd be good for kayaks wouldn't they as well because kayaks you can't obviously have everything on it Exactly Smaller right. spaces. Can take them on and off. So when it comes to transporting your rods, check out railblazer.com. They're really quite impressive. And that wraps Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Take a caravanning experience to the next level. New Age Caravans designed for the road ahead. Now, Redmond, the flying gaff this week. I just want to play you a little bit of an audio clip. Um, our great mate, the outdoor athlete, a.k.a. Jeremy Cameron, who uh, who is a good friend of the Real Adventure Show. Fishes more than me and plays AFL. Don't know how that works. He does. He took out Tommy Sheridan, who's a new recruit to GWS this year. Just take a bit of a listen. So basically, I'll paint a picture for you. He's winding a kingfish in <laughs> whilst, whilst spewing up overboard. I'll give him credit. That's a, that's no gaff. That shouldn't be a gaff. That is a that's gaff. an effort and a half. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like that. Tommy reeling the fish in and chuck chundering at the same didn't even, time. Didn't, didn't even spew on the rod. That was coordination. No, it looked after the rod, absolutely. And the fish <laughs> might taste like coffee and bacon and eggs when it comes up. But well, it was a 10,000 Saragossa. You've got to look after those things. <laughs> you don't want to fill it full of vomit. The flying gaff this weekend heading to Tommy Sheridan. But mind you, as, as we said, it's a, uh, a wonderful effort. That wraps up our show this morning. Thanks for listening to Real Adventures. We'll see you next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.